1: Well, welcome to Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me today is Jordan Blackwell. Welcome back, Jordan, after a little break. And uh, we're reflecting on Brendan Rogers' first win as Leicester City manager over Fulham at the weekend. Uh, his opening game was away at Watford and they suffered a last-minute defeat, which seemed to be uh, sum up the season so far for Leicester City. But Rogers is off the mark and it was down to Jamie Vardy in the last 15 minutes. Banging form again, three, uh, four goals in three games. It's been quite a transformation.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's um, he, he, he's been on, on good form. Um, I think we've already seen a slight difference in the way that he plays. Um, that he, he played under Puel, I think, because they've because uh, Leicester have been winning the ball back slightly higher up the pitch. There's been a little bit more space for Vardy, but um, he seems to have found his. Um, Shooting boots again, which is always good news. We were looking at his his conversion rate, and his conversion rate's almost doubled over these past few games. Um, So, yeah, but that's that's always good news. When your striker's banging form, that's always going to be a bonus. It's early days, and you touched on it there. Um, we
1: have seen a slight change, haven't we? A, a little bit of a, of, a, of a switch, but it's still we haven't seen a massive change from the no. well, um era. But uh, Brendan, it's obvious he wants his players m- with more intensity. I know we use that phrase a lot with Claude, yes. but he wants them more intensity, pressing higher up the pitch. Uh, he's trying to get the players fitter as well, so they can play this style of football as well. Um, what have you made of the, the, the,
0: the, the first game you saw of Brendan? I well, I I thought they played very well, particularly in the first half. Um, I thought they dominated. Um, There was still a little something lacking in the final third, but it wasn't necessarily that it looked like Leicester was struggling to break down the opposition, as we saw so often uh, under Powell. More that the the final pass was getting through, but it wasn't quite right. There was, you know, there was a few occasions where. Madison or Tielemans or Barnes were threading through balls to Vardy, but it was just the Sergio Rico, the Fulham goalkeeper, was just getting there ahead of him. Yeah, the um, defenders were getting back as well and getting blocks. Yeah, around. so I think there's a there was it was like an almost half, and obviously they got the goal, but they probably needed another one. Um, so then they did have that wobble in the you know in the at the start of the second half, and there was a period where Fulham were on top, which you know given how poor Fulham have been this season and how poor Fulham were. That's not a particularly good sign, but that they managed to sort of work their way out of it. Although I think Fulham really did help them.
1: Um, but they yeah. were as bad a side. I've seen the Premier League for a long time on that. Just based on that performance alone, yeah. I mean, you would expect a side that's face, is facing relegation to show a bit of fight. Um, but they were trying to stroke the ball around like they were around Madrid, weren't they? And getting picked off and. Uh, and I, I, I mean, and I thought start the second half they, they got the equaliser we all thought oh this is, sums up City's season doesn't it another one that's gone in off Harry Maguire's backside yeah. and gone past Casper Um but I, I did feel that um, Fulham dragged City down to their level for about 10-15 minutes and then it was a, it took a couple of changes from uh, from Brendan to get them going again and once they got up and running again with Vardy get, get, created a couple of chances he took some away and it looks like a comfortable win but for, a, for a, quite a spell it wasn't
0: yeah and I think the Again, it comes down to to being fortunate that I suppose Fulham gave them the chance. Obviously, Norvite playing the ball straight to Madison's feet, but I suppose he has the ability to then ping a ball straight through to Vardy um, to get that second goal. And actually, once the second goal went in, it didn't really look like anything other than a a Leicester win. So I think that, yes, there are, as as with most games, there are positives and negatives. Um, But certainly, I would say it was an improvement from Rogers' first game at Watford. Where I'm not, I didn't really felt didn't really feel that the the different formation there worked. Mm. Um, the the sort of the three at the back with wing backs, um, obviously rotated again and went back to the four man defence. And I think that seemed to give Leicester a little something extra going forward. And um, we'll have to see what he does over the, the coming games. Well, that's the point,
1: isn't it? He said he he chose to come to Celtic now because a lot of people north of the border were saying, "Ah, oh, disgraceful!" He's He's left them on the brink of a famous treble, treble. Well, he's come now um, because he wants to use these final games of the season to assess what uh, what he's got at his disposal in this squad and, and identify where he needs to strengthen in the summer. And we're probably expecting quite a few changes, won't we, over the summer? There'll be a few signings, a few players coming yeah. in. And I know that a lot of City fans want Tielemann signed on a permanent, but it's not going to be cheap if reports are true that Monaco are going to be old now for £40 million. It looks like Leicester City will have to break their transfer record unless they do a deal with Silva going the other way. Break their transfer record to land this lad. Yeah,
0: but I think, given his performances so far, I think they'd probably be quite interested. I think, Mm. you know, know, he's played five games. Um, He's got a couple of assists and now a first goal. Uh, he, he, He... Plays in a position and he, he operates in a role that Leicester don't really have any other players that can play that. Maybe you could say Madison could drop deeper and play it, but you don't. You want Madison further forward. Um, but yeah, so it's been a really good start. He's been threading passes through. He's been creating chances. Uh, he's looked to threat in terms of shooting as well. Um, he's not shied away from doing defensive work, and that's all in his first five games. And he's only twenty-one. Um, you know, there's there's a lot more to come from him. He's had a really he's had a disrupted season. I mean Rogers is his fourth manager this season, given that he had two at Monaco and now two at Leicester. Um, so that's not that's not going to be the perfect season. But maybe one season under one manager, hopefully under Rogers at Leicester, maybe that would you would really see a you know a really, really good player. Um, so yeah, I think it would be quite exciting. I think that would be a real Um, would be be a really good start to the summer if Leicester set out their intentions and said, right, let's go get this lad.
1: Well, and I think there's no risks with him off the pitch either. He's an absolute consummate professional. He's the first one down the training ground doing uh, gym sessions before the rest of the lads get in for uh, training. And uh, he seems to have settled in very well. He's confessed in an interview with Belgian media that he loves baked beans. (laughs) <laughs> uh, which uh, which is a good job, and he likes the sausage and the bacon in the, down the canteen, and, and he's uh, absolutely amazed that everybody loves darts in the uh, in the camp. So he seems to have settled in already, and he's he's got a repertoire of Ed Sheeran songs that he he had to sing for his initiation as well. So uh, he looks like looks like he's settled in, looks like he's part of the squad, and even though it's only a temporary. Uh, stay here at the City. Oh, I think it might. I think City will try and get this done.
0: I think they'll try and get him to stay, and I think you might see Silva go the other way because he's done very well at Monaco. And, and I think that's the key as well. I think you know you could say that um, because Tielemans is playing so well, some of the other Premier League clubs might be interested because they've seen. Oh, hang on, there's this lad, and you know it looks like he's he's adapting to the Premier League. But because Leicester have Silva, that could see Monaco prefer a deal with Leicester because to have something extra that they can offer. Um and as you say Silva's been getting on really well um in in Monaco I think that the fact that it's a slightly slower league in uh Ligue 1 is um helping him a little bit but he's played six games now and he's unbeaten. Monaco pulling away from the relegation zone so I think it looks like one of those loan deals that's worked out perfectly for for both parties. Absolutely. Now, let's talk about another lad that um,
1: caught the eye. Again, he still hasn't got his first goal, but Harvey Barnes continues to impress. Mm. He, he's direct. I know a lot of the journalists were talking about him after the game, and um, Brendan was asked about him as well. Um, I mean, and he's been quite realistic, hasn't he, Brendan? He said, yeah, he's a very promising lad. Uh, but he said, with regard to Murray Gray as well, they need to start producing more assists, more goals. And that's what they're going to be judged on. They need to start putting some stats on the board. But it has been a bright start to his Leicester City career, hasn't it, Harvey?
0: Yes, uh, I think he's been uh, brilliant. I think he's been one of the reasons that that Leicester have been so um, that have looked more threatening since Christmas. Um, I think he's um, the way he receives the ball, and immediately he's looking to you know to get on the front foot. You feel like every every touch has a purpose with Barnes. Um, he's always trying to beat his man or get into the box or set up with his teammates or take a shot. Um, but yes, you're right, there's a, a maybe a slight lack of end product at the moment. We've seen, um, obviously got his second assist uh, at the weekend, um, but I had a look and he's now had 30 shots without scoring, which is more shots than any other player without scoring in the league already. Um, but I think he's going to come. I think yeah. we've, we've seen... He was unlucky at Wolves, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, I think there was, obviously, with the, with the goal at Wolves that was, went down as an own goal, yes, he was unlucky there. I think we saw at Spurs that perhaps he, he still lacks maybe either a little bit of composure or confidence in front of goals. We, he had a few chances, uh, particularly that one-on-one that he sort of hit straight at Larice. Yeah. But against, uh, against Fulham, he produced a really good curling shot that was going right into the bottom corner, and Sergio Rico had to pull out, out a superb save. Um, to deny him so I think yes he's getting closer and I think really we could see him score maybe three goals before the end of the season um, the way he's playing at the minute but yes I think he's um, no he's been really good and I think the one thing that has surprised me is that actually he's um, unlike most wingers that can get shrugged off the ball he doesn't it doesn't really happen with Barnes he seems to have beefed up quite a lot and I think maybe those experiences obviously went to MK Dons and then Barnes and then West Brom competing in sort of Tougher leagues, I suppose. I think you've got to be a bit more physical. To, to we're talking compete. to a couple of people down the training ground. They say he's got a bit of an
1: edge to him. Um, he can lose his temper a little bit. He, can, mm. he he likes the physicality of it. You know, he's got a bit of a mean streak. He wants to win. Desperately wants to win games. No matter if it's practice game on the on the training ground or a, a match at the King Power Stadium. So he's got a bit of a mental edge to him, um, Harvey. And I think that will stand him in good stead. Uh, moving forward, it helps that your father was a, yeah. a top pro and can help him with those sort of things as well. And uh, you know, I, I, But it, it has been a very, very bright start. And, and we're just talking about a youngster, the start of his career there in Harvey. Now we're going to talk about a player that's coming towards the end of his career. And there was a bit of news on Saturday morning that Brendan told us, and in the embargo section of the press conference, that he's advised the club he wants Wes Morgan to have a new contract, so he, at least one year. Um, so he can still be around. It looks like he's, he's going to have a completely different role. He's not going to play as much as he has done this season, um, but I think Brendan still thinks he's got an influence on the uh, on the squad and he's got a lot of experience he can pass on to the youngsters like Harvey Barnes.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's probably sensible. I think um, there's obviously Morgan such a, a, an influential player within the squad that as a first move for a manager, it probably makes sense to to want to keep him on side and in the end in that sense, then you keep the whole whole squad on side. Um, I think Morgan's probably played more this season than the club expected him to. Obviously, at the minute he's, he's not really in the side. It seems if there's a four-man defence, it seems to be Maguire and Evans as the as the two uh, in the middle. Um, but really, Morgan's been you know before Christmas he he, he was playing nearly every week. Um, and actually, that period sort of November December time when he was playing alongside Evans, he played really really well. Some of his best City Four. Um, so I think yes it probably does make sense Leicester have a, a lot of good young centre-backs that, that will gladly take advice I think once you, even beyond Sujunja and Benkovic currently on loan at Celtic we expect him to be back next season and probably featuring prominently because of his relationship already with yep. Rodgers but beyond that there's Darnell Johnson uh, on loan at Hibernian Josh Knight on loan at Peterborough um, Sam Hughes is very good he's, he's just come back from injury so there's um there's plenty of options there at centre back, um, so I think for Morgan, I don't think it will be any more than one season because I think Leicester will have options. He's well, 35 still now, and exactly. Yeah, um, but I think, yeah, I think it's uh, it's a nice thing to do as well, and I think um, I'm
1: sure uh, Morgan will appreciate that. Well, it seems that Brenda's very much trying to get the senior members of the squad on side straight away because he's been very glowing in his praise of Jamie Vardy, of Casper Schmeichel, mm-hmm. of uh, where's Morgan now. Um, if there was any evidence in the past or any suggestion there was a bit of player power that would disrupting things for Claude, Brendan's nipping that
0: in the bud straight away. Yeah, and that's... Obviously, he's come into the club and he, he'll have probably seen the reports like everybody else seen has seen the reports um, about about player power. Um, and he'll have probably come in with a tactic to do that. And, you know, Not thinking, oh, is this going to be true? Is it going to be false? Let's just do something that, that quells it anyway. Um and yeah, it does seem to have worked. I think, but also I think his, his general management style probably helps as well. He is a, he's more of an arm round the shoulder manager than whereas, Powell was a, was quite reserved, standoffish, would assess things from afar, and, and it was, you know, it was tactically. And you know, we've already heard players speak about the differences in training. Whereas yeah, Rogers' training sessions are a bit more intense, but they're not so focused on tactics. Whereas Wells were about you know setups and formations. It was a fine detail of Claude's work, yeah. wasn't it? You know, you have
1: lots of players standing on the training ground whilst they work out different systems for different games, and
0: I think uh, it just didn't inspire some. Yeah, and he but that's that's while well is a he was a thinker, I suppose, if you're a, a, yeah. you know that that kind of manager. But I think there's a there's a balance to strike, and I think Rogers is probably closer to the to the right balance. Um, uh, at the moment anyway. Well, communication
1: is um, certainly not a problem for Brendan. He's been very impressive, hasn't he, with the media, the way he's dealt oh, yes. with the media yeah. since he came in. And uh, obviously the players as well, from talking to the players about his style. He's, he's very much got an open-door policy. Anybody can go in and have a chat with him about it. Whereas Claude was very, as you said, was very reserved, uh, watched from a distance more than getting involved. And Brendan, you see him on the training ground getting involved. And it's a lot more high-intensity in training as well, isn't it, um, He's trying to get them fitter as well to play the style of football he wants City to play. He doesn't think they're quite fit enough or sharp enough at the moment to do that high press. So, but it's been a, it's been an impressive start, I think, to under Brendan. And I think uh, I think um, Leicester fans are very
0: optimistic about the future under him. Yeah, I think th- the fact that he came with some Premier League experience as well um, probably helped. I think, although Powell had had that experience at Southampton, it wasn't a, a wholly positive experience. He did he did pretty well. Um but I think having uh a British manager who's done well with his last three clubs in Britain Swansea, Liverpool and Celtic, he's won stuff, he went very close to winning the title with Liverpool. Um he certainly won everything in Scotland. Yeah, and it? there's lots of evidence there to say this is a very good manager. Um and I think yes, I think the fact that he's um he has that experience and people know who he is has helped the, the connection with the fans um, from the off. I mean, we heard straight away, you know, fans chanting his name and we, I think we only heard that once with Powell, and that was after the, the, the Cardiff, uh, Cardiff game um, in November. Um, so I think, yes, I think that it, that's that been a help that, that Rodgers has a, a bigger reputation coming in and I think the fans have, have latched onto that and have thrown their full support behind him, as they should.
1: So what do you think is realistic for this season in terms of a finish? I mean, closing in a little bit on Wolves in seventh, but um, and I know that uh, we, we, Ben Chilwell said in an interview that um, this season they're targeting seventh still. They've not ruled that out, finishing seventh. Do you think that's
0: possible? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Short in short, I think, I think, although I think Leicester have got decent finishes, certainly their next five, they've got you know, the playing teams either below them or around them. Um, I don't think they've got enough. There's uh, six points of the gap to Wolves at the minute. I think that's probably too big a gap. To bridge, I think Wolves and Watford, in particular, are both mm-hmm. sort of decent, competent outfits. And I think they will pick up enough points. Um, so personally, my aim would be if, if Leicester managed to finish um, with more points than they had last season. You could say I know there's obviously been managers chopping and changing, but I suppose then you could say. But well, that's every that's every season, isn't it? The managers chopping and
1: changing, and things changing um, with Leicester City. Well, they're um, talking about top six next season, so obviously all the preparation I mean, That's ambitious to break into that top six. If you're thinking the, the probably the one that's vulnerable the most is Tottenham, who've reached the quarterfinals of the Champions League and are probably gonna be rich with seventy, eighty billion pounds of investment, extra investment from that. It's gonna be hard to break into that top six.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be well, it's gonna be really difficult. I think we've even seen we saw the finances released um recently, Leicester released their accounts for, for last season. Um and to be honest, the the gap between the have and the have-nots, if you like, has grown even further. The The gap that Leicester would have to bridge in terms of you know, the amount they spend on transfers and on wages. The top six are spending even more now. Um, so yes, it would be extremely difficult. I don't think that would even be possible next season. I think I've said before that I think Leicester are going about it in the right way in terms of having a group of young players and developing them together. Because Leicester do not possess the ability to buy top six players, but they can develop top six players. Um, So, yes, I think that they're going about it the right way, but I think the the process that they're on will take two or three seasons before they can think about challenging for the top six.
1: Thank you, Jordan. Well, thank you very much for joining us on Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong today.